such a cool thing that you guys do there. I've had a little read of your website and stuff. Oh, great. So lovely. Good. Do you have hospital radio in Australia? I'm not sure. I don't think so, but it's a great idea. It's, It's so cool. One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love. On Radio Glamorgan. Hi, I'm Andrew Wolfe. Welcome to another edition of Music Was My First Love, where a special guest chooses ten of their favourite songs. My guest on this edition of Music Was My First Love has been described as one of Australia's most powerful and important songwriters, and at time of recording in September 21, she's only 26. She has released two EPs, To Whom It May Concern, and See You Soon in 2017 as well as being nominated that year for a J Award in the category Artist of the Year. Her highly regarded and respected debut album, which I've played tracks from on Saturday evening's Night Train, The Theory of Absolutely Nothing, was released in 2020. As well as being a singer-songwriter and owner of her own record label, my guest has studied maths and physics at Long Island University, where she's also played soccer for the LIU Pioneers. Alexandra Lynn is better known as Alex the Astronaut and will join us from her home in Sydney, Australia after her first choice, which is from Paul Kelly and a track called They Thought I Was Asleep. It had been a long day in the countryside Playing with the cousins on my mother's side The sound of the radio closed our eyes Drifting across the sea Alex the Astronaut, welcome to Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love. Thank you so much. It's an honour to be here. Oh, it's an honour to have you. How is Sydney looking this evening? Sydney's pretty good. It's dark, but today it was very sunny and um, pretty good weather, so can't complain, really. No, good. Tell us about your first choice from Paul Kelly, which, although I haven't heard before, lyrically sounds very much like something that might have influenced you. Yeah, it's a well, Paul is like the Australian Bob Dylan, I guess, and... He's just a, such an incredible story songwriter, and it was one of the out al- hit that album, um, nothing but a dream, that he wrote was um, one of the albums that my parents had in the car when we were driving around, and some of the other ones were James Blunt, um, Damien Leaf, um, I can't remember what else, but the Paul Kelly one was my favourite, and especially this song, they kept playing it over and over again and it was just I don't know so especially because I was a child and the song is written from the perspective of Mm. a child I think I connected with the fact that it was playing with that perspective thing and I don't know it just intrigued me I think the fact that Paul can write songs from perspective of a kid or his his big song How to Make Gravy is from the perspective of someone who's in prison and the wife of someone who witnessed a murder, like his ability to play with perspective, mm. I think has always engaged me. And I think, yeah, even from when I was really little, I just loved story songs. And I think this song is just the perfect display of how amazing a songwriter he is. And yeah. So there was a lot of music growing up in the house when you were at home? Yeah, I think a normal amount. Like my parents aren't musicians, but they love music they had a lot of parties when we were growing up um and uh yeah we had like little cds in the house or uh, yeah it was always there like it wasn't it wasn't kind of like oh alex listened to this album or anything it Mm. was just kind of present any siblings i found my own things that i like i've got a younger sister sophie 
So yeah, be- he's two years younger than me. Because we, I, I speak to a lot of people who, if they have older siblings, uh, much like myself, they're influenced by their music tastes as well. Mm. I guess I was the older sibling. We we both kind of had similar. Like, I think it's like that thing of when you're little, when you're under the age of ten or something, it's just your parents, and then yeah. slowly as you get older, I think. I think my sister now is slightly more into dance than I am. But right. <laughs> yeah, we, we've always kind of, we both love Paul. Everyone, I think everyone in Australia loves Paul. So yeah, that was that we both shared. Your second choice, Alex, is from A True Legend. Tell me about Cat Stevens and Remember the Days. Oh, yeah. So when I was pre-school, so I must have been like, maybe four or five, I had a little best friend at school called Charlie and we grew up together. We were little, yeah, our families were best friends and we, she had a little CD player that she got for her birthday one year and she had this CD and I don't know what it was. It might have, might have even been a tape and we would just play this song over and over again and it was just, I don't know, it's just always stuck with me and I, I think it's a similar thing to the Paul Kelly song in that, we were so little, you know, we were we were barely in school ourselves, but this person who was far older than us was singing about remembering the time when they were in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think we, we just loved it together, so it's, it's a nice memory that I've got of a song. Remember the days of the old schoolyard We used to cry a lot Oh, don't you remember the days of the old schoolyard Do you know, I think that track gets more airplay of Cat Stevens' music than any other in the UK. Really? Yeah. That's so it, interesting. I didn't... Yeah, I I never thought anyone knew it because, yeah, it was just something that we liked when we were little and then only heard it a couple of years ago. Ah, it's, it's a great a radio track. Um, oh, it is. It's nice and short as well. <laughs> <laughs> who who were your influences growing up that inspired you to pick up a guitar and, and write and sing? Um, I learned guitar when I was living... I, I lived in England from when I was nine to oh, when I was 13. okay. Yeah. So, so I lived with my family in London, and I think I was about 10, and my best friend Connor had a guitar, and I was so jealous because I'd been learning the clarinet. Parents had said you had to learn an instrument, and the guitar just seemed so much cooler. So I eventually got one, I think... Some of the first songs we I learnt in like little guitar lessons with Jack Johnson and um, I think I learnt some Taylor Swift, Oasis, uh, like a really random yeah. mix of music that, yeah, I just, I love playing songs. I love learning any songs, anything I'd heard on the radio or whatever. I just, I wanted to learn how to, how to sing it. And so I bought little chord books. I loved ultimateguitar.com and I just was so obsessed so quickly Um I don't think there was – guitar wasn't particularly the focus. I loved learning a few little things, um, but learning songs and being able to sing them or try and sing them was, mm. was something that I liked. Even though I, did, I was really bad at singing when I was little, I <laughs> was in the choir or anything. I never got into any of those things. I was so nervous to do anything in front of people, but I just loved songs and, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and when did you start writing? I think I started, like – I weirdly would rewrite songs like so I would listen to like a Paul Kelly song or I would listen to Taylor Swift or something on the radio and I'd start singing lyrics that were the same melody but my own right yeah and then it kind of just merged into writing my own songs and I think that was around 11 or 12 
when I started to look at the formula and take it and look at how to make something original because mm. yeah, it just it was just interesting to me. I think thirteen and fourteen that's when I started writing real songs. I think some like I believe in music, which is one of my first songs I wrote that I still play. I think that was about fifteen. Um, so yeah, it took a while to understand like what I was actually doing was songwriting. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got there in the end. So what brought the family? Because uh, I didn't. I have to be honest. I didn't pick this up in the research. What brought the family to England? Oh, no. um, my dad got a job offer, um, and. Yeah, we, my little sister and I, we were devastated. We were so scared of moving overseas and leaving all our little friends at home. And and then by the time it we finished our time in the UK, we were crying and crying again. We didn't want to go yeah. home. So, yeah, we loved it. It was, it was such a good time. And, yeah, to be able to live in London as a little kid and to see a brand new side of the world was such a good thing for me and yeah. like and my school was very arty there were lots of kids that loved music and I was a really sporty kid so I think that was a good influence on me and yeah I think it yeah it was very influential and when just to jump then back again to to starting to play and, and write songs as you finally decided that this was the 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 direction you wanted to go in were your parents supportive and encouraging um they didn't really know I think it was a while until I started like playing songs. I think it was probably 17 or 18. I, I played at a few school assemblies. Um, so it was kind of something I did on my own. I did guitar lessons. So it was kind of like a very normal thing at that time. They didn't really notice that it was, they knew it was something I loved. I don't know if they knew it was something I wanted to do. And then when I went to the US for university, I was playing, I was there to play soccer. So that was the big focus. That was what my, my scholarship was for. Um, and my coach didn't love that I wanted to play gigs because that was the first time I'd started to play gigs mm. properly. Um, and then all of a sudden it started to be very obvious that I wanted to be a musician, not a, not a physicist. And I think my, my, my parents just were worried about me, I think, at that point. So I was probably like 21 when, you know, I just I was just about to finish my degree and all of a sudden I was having music interest in, interest in my music and, um, yeah, I think my, my dad got a bit worried and then he very quickly came around and was so supportive and they're at every gig and, yeah, buying all the merch and they're, they're the most biggest supporters. And, and they always did support, like... I think they just wanted, were worried that I was going to make no money and yeah. live with them forever. So now they're a bit happier that I've <laughs> that you moved out. You got your own place. As a poet, yeah. was was Bob Dylan a big influence? Bob Dylan came a lot later, and it was interesting because I think he's had such a big influence. But yeah, I didn't really know his music. I knew the songs, but I didn't have a really good listen till I was in uni, and I did a big um, honors project on him, like a big. 10,000 word research document on on his life and his music and that brought me to look at everything in depth and yeah I just it changed how I perceive music I think I think his uh the poetry around it and how he changed his sound in the middle of his career or the start of his career and all of that information it was just at a really pivotal time for me and yeah I, I love his writing especially I think that's what really glued it for me 
And why this particular track, Ballad of a Thin Man? Um, I think it's just so sassy. I just love how um, <laughs> how aggressively sassy it is. And, like, I think because I researched that time and, and what it was like for them to be um, talking to music journalists that were just used to a completely different world. And when they came into this new folk punky world they were just so out of their depth and I found that really interesting and then the fact that he wrote a song about it I just yeah I always listen to it and when I'm running or something it's just such a good song you hand in your ticket and you go watch the geek who immediately walks up to you when he hears you speak you touched on it just before. You got yourself an education before taking on the music business. Where did the interest in physics come from? Um, I actually didn't like physics when I started university. I thought I wanted to study medicine. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, which is a bit different. I think I went in to the US system, which you you have a year to figure out what you want to do. And I had a real, like you have compulsory subjects and one of them was physics. And I had a really fun teacher and he, I don't know, he just changed my perspective on it. I think in high school and to everyone, physics is always just such a, it's got a boring tone to it, you know, everyone, no one likes it. Everyone hates it mm. and maths as well. I did a maths and physics degree. Most people hate both those things and I completely understand that. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I guess this one teacher just brought it to life and he was really good at it, expressing all the ideas in ways that I could understand. And then, yeah, I think I, I switched my major from a pre-med student to a physics student um, and really enjoyed it. I think like all the ideas were just are good for your brain to understand. I think they're just puzzles that like open your, open your mind up to yeah. how crazy this universe we live in is <laughs> like relativity and quantum physics and like when you start learning about it, it's just it's like we live in this magical world and and yeah I don't know I felt like I got to understand that a bit better by doing physics and yeah I don't know I think it, it doesn't directly influence my music I don't think like I don't talk about physics but I think that curiosity definitely was was helpful and is the curiosity still there Definitely. Mm. I don't I don't remember very much from my degree. I think like everyone, you do a test and then all of a sudden it just goes out of your brain. But um, I can, when I read physics stuff, I, I can, it can be reignited kind of thing. Mm. And soccer, you, you particularly sporty? I was really sporty growing up. I loved it. I was never good enough to be like a professional or anything. I just was constantly running around like, tennis and especially soccer um yeah athletics and I played I learned hockey in the UK and I played cricket in the UK um I yeah I was just very active and I loved games um so yeah I, when I finished school and I was looking at university I got offered a scholarship to go over to the US and I think very few people would say no to living up the road from New York for three years. Um, so I went, yeah. That was your mum's worst nightmare probably, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, she was not... She was. My parents were nervous, definitely. 
You're okay. next to us, Alex, is from an English singer, and I'm interested in how you mm -hmm. discovered Lily Allen and, and why this particular song. Lily Allen, so the, the song came out in 2006 when I was 11. Um, and I think when you're 11, you're start, kind of starting to see that there's cracks in things. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, because I was living in London at the time, we would drive around and I just started noticing different things. Like, you know, you, you, you start to see the things that Lily's talking about in this song. And like that, that was really crazy to me because we would drive to like swimming lessons or something like that. And this song was blasting on the radio every single time. And it's like any song with your parents, like they, they can't really change the channel, but they kind of leave it on hoping you're not taking it in. But I was very much taking it in and like the contrast and, and I don't know, it was just the perfect age for me to hear this song. It's becoming obsessed because because it had bad words in it and stuff as well, I was e like even more intrigued. Um, yeah, and it was where it was where I was living. It was like, yeah, just a big big turning point. Your next choice, Alex, is a classic from uh, two world legends of the music business, Queen and David Bowie. Uh, tell me about the track you've chosen. Um, I'm, I know this song like everyone knows this song just through osmosis, like I knew it forever. But I think there were two big movies that kind of solidified it for me and, I don't know, pushed it into that favourite song department. Um, one of them was called It's Kind of a Funny Story, which um, is like a... I don't know, a, a story about mental health in young people that came out in about 2010, so when I was still in school. And I'd never seen anything depicted like that that was so honest and amazing and there's this beautiful scene in the, in the hospital where they get a bunch of people who are having real trouble to sing this song together. And it was such a beautiful moment in this movie and I just... I still get tears in my eyes when I see it. Um, so that... I loved it, just the, how it brings people together and how it's so expressive and David Bowie and, and Queen both. I actually didn't know that they were both in it until a couple of years ago. I thought it was just Queen, but, yeah, that's me being silly. And then <laughs> it was in Happy Feet at the end of the second oh, of one. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really cool. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a great movie song. It's such a great song in general. But, yeah, it just kept, keeps coming up in things that I watch and I just love it. It's, it's a it's a beautiful song about um, experiencing life, I guess. I, I don't know what to say, except it's just fantastic. They're so well written. They did such a good job. <laughs> Under pressure. Pressure. Online, on mobile and on smart speaker, this is Radio Glamorgan. The sun to rise, for the tree to drop. Um, so Billie Holiday's "Strange Fruit" was a song that I think I first heard when I was in a museum in New York City. I had just been walking around on my own and they had this room where they just were playing the song and they had a the video of Billie Holiday singing the song on the screen and it 
the first time she sang it, she she asked the, the club turn off all the lights, ask everyone to be quiet, and just sing it under one spotlight. And that was her last song of the set. Um, and it was so moving. It was like you were there, and it was just eerie and beautiful and tragic. Um, I don't think anyone in the museum could have gone into that room without crying, um, hearing what people went through and the fact that Billie Holiday's life kind of was was changed because of this song that she sang and they they essentially banned her from performing and took away her license and um when she was in hospital they prevented her from getting treatment um it's just it's so tragic that someone had to experience that and to make a song like this um yeah it's just a massive piece of history and an incredibly well-told story and yeah I, I it's best one of the best songs I think ever written um, you, you you talk so, yeah. about eerie and tragic you, you can hear that in her vocal totally um yeah and I think the spooky thing is you can could listen to this song and not really hear the lyrics I think I could hear people just playing it not really understanding what it was yeah. about and just thinking it was a quite a nice jazz tune but it's just when you, yeah, once you step into those lyrics and once you start listening, it just almost stops your heart. Like, yeah, it's, it's horrible, but, yeah, very well-needed story that I think, yeah, should kept, be kept playing. Yeah, and needed everywhere. to be told. Totally. There's a lot of uh, live tracks of yours on Spotify, and I know you've played in the UK oh, yeah. before now. Do you enjoy the experience of playing live? Yeah, I love it. It's... um. It's been a bummer that we haven't been able to play for a while, but yeah, it's it's such a great thing to be able to do to connect with people, and um, I don't know. I think I feel like it's a big responsibility. I always feel like when I go up on the stage, it's kind of I I, I don't know a, a time where I've got to try and make people feel feel better about their lives or mm. help them kind of I don't know understand new perspectives or something like that. Um, but I, I just love it. It's just fun. I've, I've always been a bit of a show-off, so it's a perfect time for me to be well, a bit silly. Well, talking of showing off um, and performing live, tell me about your experience of stand-up comedy. <laughs> um, one of my friends um, is a stand-up comedian, Matt O'Kine, and he was just like, why don't you give it a go? And they'd opened up this comedy club, in Sydney and I don't know he was like I could get you a set I was like okay why not like <laughs> let's give this a go it was, it was really fun like it was terrifying and Matt was like try and write something the day before and like perform it the next day and I was mm. like okay and yeah I just kind of sat for a couple of hours and practiced in my little I'd only ever practiced like rehearsed music so to rehearse like just speaking I was getting sick of my own voice, really. And, <laughs> yeah, then to remember it, like, I respect so much how much they remember um, when people remember a whole full hour set. I, I know, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just messed up. But, but yeah, I, I think I went over time. I was meant to do five minutes. I think I did about eight. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, it was... I respect comedians and i never want to do it again i'm good i'm, <laughs> I'm good now <laughs> you know it's on youtube don't you the whole side i do know that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, (laughs) A wonderful American singer for your next choice who's been a massive inspiration and role model to a lot of young women starting out in the music business. Tell me about Ronan from Taylor Swift. Um, Taylor Swift, for starters, was an artist that I think I started... I first resonated with because she was young and she was singing stories and there were songs that I could play on guitar and they were always on the radio. So it was just, I don't know, it's just very... And and all the songs were often the same chords. So I just played them over and over again. And I heard... I'm not sure how I heard this song, but I read the story of it before I heard it. It was about a young um, boy who passed away from cancer and her parent. uh, I think his mum wrote a blog about him and Taylor Swift read it and made it into a song. And, yeah, it's another one of those goosebump songs about a parent standing in a, standing in a wardrobe thinking about her child. And, yeah, it's tragic, but it's, it's so well written. It's a perfect display of how amazing Taylor Swift is at, is telling story, at telling stories. I remember you bare feet down the hallway Remember your little laugh Race cars on the kitchen floor Plastic dinosaurs I love you to the moon and back Alex, Radio Glamorgan uh, is, although available to everyone online and mobile and smart speaker, etc., we're essentially a hospital radio station and try where possible to cover health, health issues. So can we talk a little bit about autism? Back in, yes, of course. <laughs> back in May this year, you were diagnosed with level one autism. Can I ask you uh, what the signs and reasons that made you and those around you feel that being tested was necessary? Because it started from a TV series, didn't it? It did. It started from watching Atypical, um, which is a Netflix show. And, yeah, it, it was funny. I watched it and I, I felt this person is completely different from me, but it was interesting to see his story and then, I don't know, it kind of just started to click for me. And I think because the show had a couple of seasons um, and I was addicted from the start, I spent maybe like a month or so watching this show about a boy who had autism. Um, and people had already all, always jokingly said that I was autistic and I think that was a really sad thing because it kind of stopped me from actually taking it seriously. Um I, yeah, I I see a psychologist every week and one day I just decided to ask her, what do you think about this? Do you think that this is a serious thing? And she said, well, for you, I wouldn't rule it out. I think think it's a good idea to have a look at it if you're interested in it. And then I kind of just started having a look at my my history and um, loud noises were always a struggle for me. Um, Unfamiliar places, I got a bit stressed. Um, not having a routine and those kinds of things that kind of niggled at me. I started to see a bit of a pattern and then I got the test and it was far more emotional than I thought it would be to be told that, yeah, I was on the spectrum. Um, I think I felt strangely embarrassed, um, which is really ableist and it just it shows how much internalised stuff we learn about or how much information we're given that's actually not correct around autism and Mm. people that are on the spectrum and and just people that are different in general or have disabilities that yeah everyone should understand more about um and then yeah eventually I've learned 
that it's just a different brain. My brain just works a bit differently. I, yeah, I don't see it as much of a disability. I see it more as just I, I have a different perspective on things and it's actually really helpful for me because I can concentrate on things for a long I mean, I have ADHD as well. That's been my, my, my trouble with concentration. But um, with the autism, it means that I can get really deeply interested in topics and, and that's a really rewarding process for me, which not everyone can do. So I think I'm really lucky to have it. So it's, I mean, it's only earlier this year. So has knowing that you're autistic, um, has it allowed you to understand then certain personality traits and and does and it makes you feel positive about yourself, I would have thought, rather than negative? Definitely now. Like, yeah, at the start, I think I was really self-conscious and then now I it's really helpful because when there's situations that I don't understand, I have a reason for it hmm. and it means that I no longer have to pretend that... I'm all over everything and I understand everything. I can just kind of in the back of my head go, I've got a different way of thinking. I might need to ask some extra questions to understand this and that's okay. And I think, yeah, like I always like to know in music how how things work. Like for instance, in the music industry, I like to ask lots of questions. Mm. Um, and now that makes sense for me why I like, I like to have all the information and, and know what's going on and, it makes me comfortable and, and there's it's nothing I have to change I think yeah it's just it's yeah it's more of an acceptance thing it's like sexuality or anything else it's just, just like accepting who you are and and how you work and what's the message uh, to people of a similar age if not younger who've just been diagnosed and perhaps not feeling so positive I think that your skills make you really special the things that you can do that not everyone else can are kind of like superpowers. Um, I think with autism, there's there's so many different experiences and everyone experiences autism differently. But the idea that you can be really interested in one topic is just a really great thing. And and just generally, it's just, it's just a different way of thinking and a different way of seeing the world and a different way of experiencing it. And that's, that's completely okay. And yeah, you add to the diversity of this planet and you add to making this world what it is today. So, yeah, you should be really, really happy about that. I managed, uh, after a lot of effort, to find a clean version of your next choice, Alex. Tell me about oh <laughs> tell me about Super Rich Kids from Frank Ocean. This was a song that... I, I didn't really know Frank Ocean. I was in the car with my um, sister and a couple of my cousins and they played it. And I think everyone had always been talking about him. He was a massive artist at the time and I'd never really gotten around it. And this story song, I think it's just a bit, it's a bit um, cheeky. Like it's, it's about these kids that are um, running around with their parents' car and everything. And, and then it actually ends really darkly and, He's just slipped in this little storyline that you could definitely miss. And it's not really about anything, but, yeah, I just I thought it was really good storytelling and the production is amazing as well. And Yeah, changed my perspective on storytelling, how you can slip it into something 
Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charm. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. With the autism and and probably wanting to get out and play live, how have you coped, Alex, with lockdown? I'm okay. I think the regularity of it, I don't mind. Like the we've been in lockdown now in Australia or we're in Sydney for about ten weeks now, so I'm getting a bit bored now. <laughs> But in general, I think the routine is pretty good.、Um, it's obviously devastating. Like it's. Um, really hard not to be able to go out and play live, but it's way more important to keep everyone safe.、Yeah. Um, Australia, yeah, we've we've experienced a different thing than you guys have over there, and we haven't really seen. I don't know the pandemic hit as it has in other places, so it's it's kind of just been the experience of staying home that's been the main part of it.、Um, I think not having all that much to do, I don't love. I've gone definitely pretty hard on the lockdown、um, hobbies. I've done a lot of running, and I don't know. I learned snorkeling. I've done、um, what else have I done? A bit of learning Swedish. Oh wow! Painting,、uh, songwriting, guitar lessons, drum lessons, songwriting. You name it.、Um, But yeah, it's getting it's getting a bit old now. We'd yeah, like to, <laughs> like to be out of it. But、um, yeah. Two very、we'll、quick questions.、Time. Any particular reason、yeah. uh, for going by the name of Alex the astronaut? How did that come about? Um. Well, that was when I was studying physics, and I think it was it was like my SoundCloud name that I made up just to send songs that I've written to my family and friends, really. And then、um, someone just said, "Why don't you just use it?" That's yeah. That could be your name and. Then it just happened, and it stuck. I think it fit. It definitely fit. Yeah, it was just it was something to do with exploring and yeah, seeing things from from outer space and kind of looking in. I think it all does match up. But yeah, it was kind of a coincidence. And you spoke before when we were talking about the autism. You were saying about、um, asking lots of questions and and wanting to understand everything. You created your own record label. Min, am I saying this right? Minkowski Records. Yeah, Minkowski Records. Was was that to have more? Creative control and to understand how everything works. It, um, I don't think so. I think that was more because I was in uni. Um, I needed to release my music in a way that I wasn't kind of um tied to a big label or obligations because I was still playing soccer. So I needed a lot of. I was still playing soccer and still finishing my degree.、Mm. So I kind of needed a lot of control over what was happening, and so. Yeah, that kind of happened that way. But my management、um, were fantastic, and yeah, they kind of just were very, very flexible for a for a twenty one year old who's got no understanding of music and is running around playing soccer. And I was in New York at the time; they were in Australia. So yeah, they they had to look after me for the first couple of years, and then then I did. Then I did get on a bit more professional. Yeah, <laughs> your、uh, your penultimate choice, Alex, is a classic from、uh, for me, one of the real legends of American music, Johnny Cash.、Uh, tell me about、uh, the brilliant A Boy Named Sue. I I heard this song when I was in uni. It was a、um, brilliant story song that just grabbed me.、Um, 
It's so random. I feel like it's something that you think of, like, when you're sitting on a bus or something. Wouldn't it be funny if, the, yeah, whatever, the, uh, Johnny Cash is sitting on a bus, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Or wouldn't it be funny if that happened? What if they met? What if they... Mm. And I feel like it's just been played out and the performance is so funny. It's similar to Ballad of a Thin Man and it just shows both of their humour. Yeah. Um, and it shows how funny he is that he could go into these prisons and perform these funny songs for people and yeah what a random random story but it's so brilliant i love it it's i could listen to it for days and if i ever have a son i think i'm gonna name him bill or george anything but sue does put a smile on your face doesn't it that song it does it's so funny (laughs) and i like the fact and i've not picked up on it before that he doesn't sing, he tells a story, but at the end of maybe every other line, he suddenly sings the tune. It's very cleverly yes. done. Oh, he's so clever. You're what a good writer. A brilliant writer, brilliant, and missed as well, I think. Yes, definitely. Your final choice on this edition of Music Was My First Love, Alex, is from a man they call The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. You're a big fan? Yes, big fan of The Boss. Um, he's, yeah, just a... I don't know, just in that storytelling department that... I don't know, just can't be beaten, especially, like, with American music. I watched his Broadway performance of all of his songs where he talked about them. Oh, yeah. And I think it was just so beautiful how he talked about how he how he learned to tell the songs, tell the stories of his songs, and so many of the things he hadn't actually experienced himself, he just kind of watched around him. Um, and, yeah, I think there's no one that does a getting out of town song better than Bruce Springsteen. So I think Atlantic City is a pretty good example of that. After we hear from Bruce Springsteen, um, I phoned this on you at the last minute. You're going to play us out, and I appreciate that. I am. I'm sorry. I hope it's okay. I've uh, got my be... little guitar. I've actually got the guitar I got in England when I was 10. Right. I've got it in my room, so that's the guitar I'm going to play on. I hope it's tuned. and it's, I, I've tried to tune it, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. As we sit here, uh, me and... In, uh, Mild but overcast Cardiff in South Wales, and you, yes. uh, I know it's evening time, but in hot sunny Sydney, Australia, uh, in mid-September yes. 2021. What are the future plans, particularly as we move into 2022? Um, hopefully some music will come out. I think that's something on the cards. Um, but travelling-wise, I've got no idea. We've, we're, it's very unclear, unclear future right now, but hopefully I get to go over and see everyone in in wales i'd love to play in wales it'd be so much fun well there's some perfect venues for you and when you do come if you find yourself anywhere near cardiff would you would you come into rg on my saturday night show and have a chat and bring your guitar back with you of course i would love to it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and listening to your song choices uh, I pers- we wish you every success and I wish you world domination because if the first album is anything to go by then it's just around the corner Alex, thank you Thank you so much, I've enjoyed every minute Thank you so much for having me Well they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night Now they blew up his house too You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Morgan, where Alex the astronaut has been choosing ten of her favourite songs I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when someone else chooses ten of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Night takes a sunny day, walk out the people race, I know everyone is missing someone, but it stop me. I saw someone like you.
They look so much like you. Wave to the dog and smile to our neighbor. He's getting older. I don't wanna think of you. Think of the sunny day. Think of the sunny day. So I'll put some music on and walk into a song that could set this street on fire. Strange or something to do that sometimes I'm feeling all alone, standing in the corner while my friends dance out of time, out of time. Meet me at the old bar with the kitty cold out of you and he's dancing, singing in the feel so soft inside. Watch the people spinning. You know that I love you, but I think it's over. It'll still be over. Always, I don't know. The lights are going low. Tonight I need a happy song, happy song. Da 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 He's quieter these days. He's quieter these days. Do you still love him? You told me that once it's been months when we need you. Just call him, you stop me. You ask if I miss him. Of course I still miss him. So please leave the music on and slip into a song that can take us from our minds. Strange how we song to do that sometimes. I'm feeling all alone. Standing in the corner, my friends dance out of time, out of time. Meet me at the old bar, we can keep the cold out of you when it's dancing. Singing in the field, so sick inside. I watch the people spinning, you know that I love you. Don't think it's over, it's still be over. Always, I don't know the lies of Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, I love you. I think you're brilliant. I'm new to your music, oh, but I will keep. Thank you so much. I will keep pushing it on my Saturday show. Oh, you're fantastic.
fantastic. Thank you so much, Andrew. Pleasure, Alex. Lovely. And you look after yourself. You too.